Hello, everybody. This is Alex Barthet with TheLeanZone.com. Today, we are joined by the illustrious Peter Zalewski. How are you doing, Peter? Hey, Alex. How's it going? How are you holding up? Good. Good. You know, quarantine life. Hashtag quarantine life, right? So, <laughs> how about you? Yeah, I've been doing a lot of gardening and a lot of cooking. So, other than that, uh, you know, so, kind of bored. So how, much, how much weight have you gained? <laughs> we actually believe Believe it or not, I haven't really gained anything. I, I don't think I'm eating very much. You know, you can only watch so much news because after a while you start to get really, um, not paranoid, but it makes you think about different things and food's the last thing on your mind. Yes. Well, that's, I guess that's a silver lining, I guess. Well, the news, I agree. It's, it's overwhelming. Yeah. Um, um, so today, Peter, we're going to talk about how the coronavirus is affecting the Miami construction market. Why don't you start by telling everyone just a little bit about yourself, your sure. background, and uh, and then we'll dive right in. Sure, absolutely. Um, well, as Alex said, my name is Peter Zalewski. I am a licensed real estate broker, although I don't, don't really practice for individuals. Uh, when I tend to do deals, I tend to do them on a larger basis, and it tends to be uh, Wall Street type of money, institutional type of money, if you will. I do consulting uh, for typically hedge funds, lenders, stuff like that. Uh, typically on condo developments or large uh, portfolios uh, that are being considered for a loan and or a purchase. And then uh, finally, I do expert witness work. So people start suing each other. I tend to be somebody they'll bring in and they'll put them on um, the opposite side. I tend to be um, more of a buy side type of person than a sell side. A lot of um, expert witnesses out there, you know, sort of say what you want and they're all rah, 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 pro developer. I'm sort of the opposite type. So I'm really kind of a contrarian, but Basically, we started as a journalist, did that for about 13 years, worked for a number of different publications locally. 2006, at the peak of the last real estate cycle down here in South Florida, went ahead and set up my own firm called Condo Vultures Realty, which is a brokerage, buy-side brokerage. And I also set up a consulting company called Condo Vultures. Ran through the cycle, made some money, had some fun, missed a lot of deals, uh, came out on the other side. We began this cycle in 11. And... I sort of set up another firm called Crane Spotter. So if you heard Crane Spotters or Condo Vultures, effectively the same guy. The only difference is Crane Spotter is the flag we wave when it's a good market, and Condo Vultures is a flag we wave when it's a bad market, which is why I'm waving that Condo Vultures flag a lot right now. So we had you at our Miami Construction Forum not too long ago, and yep. you were a little pessimistic then. Yep. Um, is it fair to say you're more pessimistic today? I've never been so optimistic since probably 2006 when I sent up Condo Vultures. Oh. But remember, okay, well, I'm, I'm you know, coming we, in from we the, have, from the we, have to, we have to preface your yep. We have to preface your exactly your your optimism and pessimism yep. against who our who our listeners are, right? So our listeners are those that build in South Florida. Okay. Um, so I'm sure as a as a buyer. You must yep. be optimistic, right? Oh my gosh! Like you can't believe I've um, I've gotten contact by so many people. A because they're bored, they got nothing else to do. Uh, B they're already thinking about okay, where do we go after COVID nineteen sort of passes? Everybody's healthy again, and now we can sort of roll up the sleeves and get back to work. A lot of money on the sidelines. A lot of money wants to come to South Florida, and uh, you know the common denominator and all the money, regardless of where it's coming from, whether it's Connecticut, California, uh, overseas, or New York. Everybody's looking for a discount and looking for a deep discount. So how, how do you think that's going to play out in the condo construction market? As you know, construction is essential in most 
municipalities in South Florida and across the country. So that yep. construction is still happening. Yep. Um, what, what do you what do you predict for the future of the condo construction market generally in the area that you watch? Well, I, I'm not. I haven't really changed my outlook very much um, in terms of where it was previously. When I gave that presentation a couple months back, uh, let's call it Q1 of 2020. When I gave the presentation, I was talking about how the market really should have started to reset already, but because of uh, artificially low interest rates by Trump and the pressure he put on the Federal Reserve, it was basically just life support. Now we've had that, um, some people call it a black swan event, and I have a feeling that the, the fact that the economy has come to a standstill. Now, granted, some of your, your guys and women are still building, but once that product comes online, I can't imagine you are a developer and you're looking to build something. I can't imagine you're actually going to do anything uh, probably till at least 2021. And let me sort of give you a perspective why. Let's just say best case scenario. And we're sitting here in the second week of April. Um, let's say best case scenario, you get to May 1st. You can take off the gloves. You can take off the mask. Best case scenario. Lo and behold, if you were looking to spend some cash, um, are you really going to go ahead and start moving forward and put your cash to work knowing Next time flu season comes to the northern hemisphere, excluding everything about flu season down south in South America and the southern hemisphere, are you really going to put your money to work uh, if you know come October, November, December, we might get a second wave if you assume everything that's being said about a vaccine not coming online until, you know, late first half of 2021. So I think the problem is it's sort of going to be like running through the system, whatever it's financed, whatever is not financed. So let's basically just sit back, assess it. And when the time is right, we'll pull the trigger. When's the time right? I would tell you probably Q2 of 2021. Now, I'm going to ask a question here about yep. cheap, uh, both cheap money and cheap deals, right? So if I'm a developer, though, right, now's a good time to pick up some dirt, some distressed properties to convert later, right? Yeah, probably a little early, probably a little pre premature because you're going to have some sellers who are basically going to try to work the system, you know, the CARE Act and anything else to try to buy time, keep their head above water. If you're really looking for a deal, you want to sort of drown that uh, seller. You want to make sure that they're at the end of the rope. They got no other way, and then you can really squeeze them. So it might be good to initiate the conversation. You know, you, you dance a little bit. Think of it like you're, you know, you're picking up somebody at a, at a bar. You know, you have a little small talk, whatever the case may be, but you're not going home. Uh, uh, you're not spending a weekend with them probably for after until after you have a couple of dates. So it's a good time to kick the tires, get the seller's hopes up that you're going to come in as a white knight and save them. But at the end of the day, you basically want them to die on the vine. And now you're going to get a good deal. So not and maybe you have an inside track. But, you know, if you look at big time developers mm -hmm. related and, and other developers in town, what are yep. you hearing or seeing them doing um, different today than may they may have been doing it? early q1 2020 in terms of their their business or in terms of their their the message they're putting out on the streets uh, uh yeah a little a little a little bit of both um you know I, you were you were on the development side you were you were pessimistic in early 2020 that yep. you know those folks were kind of sitting on the sidelines already so yep. um i'm guessing it's only getting worse it, it's only getting worse, but here's sort of the unknown. Okay, so um, Manuchek comes out and he says, okay, 
this is what we're doing. Oh, we're going to make small business loans available. We're going to make this available. We're going to save the airlines. We're going to do this. We're going to put $1,200 in every individual's pocket, uh, 500 bucks for their kids. We're going to do all that. Well, it all sounds good. But if you look at the stories that are coming out now, all the stories are saying nobody can actually get their cash. No one can get their cash. So what's the point? The point of it all is, is I think in theory, there's some sort of rescue package, but the reality when your month is, your rent is due or you're expecting rent due and your your tenant doesn't pay you or you can't pay that landlord, what are you going to do? You're going to scramble. You're going to try to make things happen. And my concern is there's this beautiful picture about what's happening. But in reality, when you actually try to execute on that picture, I don't think it's going to play out as, as easily and as smoothly as possible. And from a buy side perspective, you're hoping it can't. So the developers I know, the ones that I've spoken to, basically everybody's uh, taking a British approach. They got a stiff upper lip. They're going to sit back. They're going to ride it out. And nobody's really doing anything uh, effectively until May. And they're all sort of assessing it because the information is changing. You know, it almost seems minute by minute, which is why I'm not watching the news because it drives you, you know, batshit crazy. So are you seeing any difference? You know, I, I know you try to keep your uh, finger on the pulse of the condo market. Yes. Um, but any reason to think that any other markets are a little different, maybe a little better, industrial, apartments, um, you know, the, the non-residential component of construction? Yeah, so so I, I do a, um, uh, I just started a podcast, thanks to you, you were sort of inspiration for that. I did a podcast that I put up this week and I had a former real estate journalist, guy spent a ton of time, worked everywhere, Miami Herald, Associated Press, uh, South Florida Business Journal, you name it. And we were talking about that. And what he, what he was seeing, he's a little bit more broader. I'm only residential and I'm only condo South Florida. He's more, uh, you know, he's got more of a, a widespread perspective. He was talking about industrial taking a pause. And then once things start to open again, but this is all going to be based on global economy, industrial coming back very, very, very strong, uh, simply because of pent up demand. We keep hearing about, um, uh, you know, the economy came to a standstill and now, lo and behold, as soon as they can open it up, it's going to hum again. So all this product that's out there needs to be shipped. They're stuck in customs as it all makes its way through. He seems to think that there's going to be a huge boost to to that marketplace. You know, it's kind of like the oil situation. Supposedly, there's so much oil, oil out in the street. They're running out of places to kind of keep it. And in and from talking to uh, the guests that I had on my podcast, he's talking about he thinks it's going to be the same type of scenario on the on the um, uh, uh, industrial side. Now, now let me also say, uh, you know, I think landlords of office space and potentially retail space, they really got to be scratching their heads based on, you know, they put a certain valuation on what their property is worth. And, and don't get me wrong, I don't, I'm not an expert in either of those categories, but if you just look at regular supply demand and you look at the way that um, societies and communities sort of move, are you really as a company if you have overhead and there's this possibility that something can come through and wipe you out and you got to get an emergency loan, are you really going to want more office space? Are you really going to want more retail space? Then the pushback is, well, of course you do. Otherwise, how do you do? How, do, how are you going to do business? Well, I think what's happening because of this downturn is people are starting to get uh, not comfortable, but aware of and seeing something like Zoom as a utility. Now, lo and behold, if you have a company of 100 people, and I know some people work at a company of over 100 people, they're all doing Zoom stuff. And as they do Zoom stuff, is it really necessary to have an office in Dade, Broward, Palm Beach County and pay this rent triple net where you're paying taxes and everything else? Or can you basically just have a mothership 
let the employees come in when necessary and simply rely on Zoom or some equivalent of it. And I'm always saying Zoom because everybody's talking about it. So I think office uh, landlords really need to give some uh, take and consideration as to what their future looks like as we go forward. And then the same thing on the retail side. The retail side, I'm not sure how many of these retailers are able, actually going to be able to come back. And even if they do, um, uh, you know, isn't it easier to file BK, get out of all your leases using the bankruptcy court, and lo and behold, shift more towards a um, an online presence, much like, uh, you know, Macy's is doing. Well, you know, not that, not that WeWork should be the example of everybody <laughs> but you know they're work. they're looking to renegotiate all of their leases um across the u.s i read an article today that they were looking to defer um or profit share with their landlords as a way to kind of not pay rent um because they're 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 dying so, so there's been some comparisons. If you listen to the Wall Street types or if you listen to uh, CNBC or if you listen to Bloomberg, there's been some comparisons basically to the 2000 uh, uh, tech, tech bubble crash. Remember back in the day, stocks were going up. They were, they were going through the roof. Everybody thought it could never end. And then all of a sudden, it was a tremendous uh, pullback. Um, think about it. Back then, 20 years ago, you had companies like Peapod. Remember Peapod? They were going to go ahead and they were going to pick up your your groceries and they were going to deliver it to you. Well, they were effectively the first settler, so they ended up getting the arrow. The second one who actually is getting the land supposedly was Instacart or some of these others, Amazon, if you will. So the point is there's a lot of companies out there that as this crash occurs or this, let's call it st um, uh, uh, stalling of the economy occurs, there's going to be a lot of companies like WeWork or others who basically are going to have cash crunches. They're going to have to figure out how to go go forward. And then what you probably see is consolidation. So effectively, it's a thinning of the herd. And uh, I don't think it's going to look uh, uh, the same when we get on the other side of this uh, this downturn, which, again, I don't expect to see really until uh, Q2 of 2021, basically a year from now. So let, let's go back to the market that you watch closely, right? So the okay. condo market in South Florida. Yep. Um, o only coastal. We don't go um, what I call hinterlands. We don't go west of 95. Those are real people. When you reach the 95, you got traders. So what are you seeing on, on that side of it? And, and the reason I think what you see is important, especially in the last couple of weeks, is because if developers can't sell units, they don't build buildings. Correct. Well, what I'm seeing is um, 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 I'm aware of a deal that's scheduled to close any time now. And uh, the buyers, new construction, Buyer was supposed to close with a, a huge lump sum. Buyer says, I can't close. Developer says, well, of course you have to, you know, taking the hard stance, which is always what a developer does when it comes to new construction. Lo and behold, the, 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 the developer says we're going to have to pay interest. Every day you don't go forward, you're going to pay interest. If the, the first threat was if you don't close, we're keeping your cash. Then they said, oh, shit, we don't necessarily want this unit uh, back in theory because we already have so many others that are unsold. Then it became interest. We're going to charge you interest. Now, lo and behold, they're giving them basically an extension with no interest charge or anything. So I think that just sort of encapsulates really what's sort of out there. You can have your hardline approach, but when you start to run the numbers and you start to realize you got to pay back your construction loan, uh, you know, you can't necessarily be as hard as you used to be. So this to me, it's anecdotal, but what it represents is a changing of the guard. The day of the developer being the dominant and sort of setting the scene. Uh, you know, that day has sort of passed a long time back. I would argue back in 2016 is when it sort of left. But now as everything's hitting hitting the fan, 
um, you know, I, I think it's going to change pretty dramatically. And, and landlords are base in 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 sellers are basically going to be like a lender trying to get their borrower to turn around and pay. We all know Donald Trump, his hustle, take out a lot of money because you own them when you owe them a lot of money. So that I think is where it's sort of headed. No, uh, no news on on your front about new developments that are breaking ground. All of that's on pause as far as you know. Well, it's all on pause. And then you're hearing this whole argument. Should construction sites be open? Should the workers be working? Is it safe? Is it this? Is it that? You know, uh, you try to get a test. You can't get a test. They're not testing people on site. They're taking their, uh, you know, uh, the, the temperature with a thermometer because people need the cash because they're not getting the $1,200 a person yet from the feds. So all these sort of things are going on. I think this is all just temporary. I think it's noise. Don't necessarily pay attention to that. Pay attention to going forward after May, because up until now, basically the economy shut down. You might have a couple job sites that are building. It's only a matter of time until they end up shutting everything down, just like we saw with the, you know, with, 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 with the country or with the state of Florida. First, you know, Miami-Dade County came out with its uh, approach. Then you had Miami Beach took one more extreme and then Broward and then Palm Beach. And the next thing you know, the state of Florida adopts what was going on down here. So I think if you're betting on, you know, what exists today will basically dictate and give you input as to where we're going to go going forward. I think it's probably a sucker's bet because chances are just assume everything's going to get shut down. I just read a projection saying that Florida won't actually feel like it's out of the pandemic until the end of May. Now, I'm not saying that's the case, but that's the stories that are starting to post now. So, again, if you're a landlord or if you're a, you're a business owner, do you really want to take a chance to bring your employees back in May? And if you bring them back in May, what if there's an outbreak and what if the peak isn't effectively until the end of May or what if it goes June? Whatever the case may be. So basically, it's a moving target. And when it's a moving target, the best thing to do is nothing. You know, nothing except hoard your cash and don't pay any bills. Why? Because if stuff goes sideways, you want to make sure you have cash to burn so you can renegotiate rather than go ahead and paying all your bills. And lo and behold, you run out of cash and that, you know, like you run out of time. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i going to disagree with you a little bit on this, uh, okay. on, on, on construction stopping, you know, construction sites for the most part are all running construction uh, uh, building departments are, are open um, and I would tell you at least from our clients perspective they are working very hard to comply with all of those guidelines maintained by the CDC as they get modified you know wearing masks gloves wash stations um, well, I don't disagree with you Alex I don't disagree with you but but what I'm saying is stuff is changing so rapidly if you're banking on the fact that that's going to be the same story next week or the following week, that might be where it starts to get a little dicey. So basically, you got to play it by ear. You know, you're, you're out there on a sailboat, and if the wind changes, you're going to have to tap. And if you don't, you're going to run aground. That, that, that's the only point I'm making. So, so you know, what you know today might be true, but is it going to be true on Monday? Because we're yeah, talking on Friday. And I, I agree. It's a very fluid situation all around. So, so if we were going to summarize here, Peter, it yeah. sounds like you're saying – um, we won't see the economy we were in in January until 2021. Q2. 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 And why is it Q2? Because then we're deep into the winter. And by then, they're talking about the virus should be on, on online. Again, nobody knows if there's going to be a breakthrough. I mean, you know, and this is one thing I would say. So, yes, Q2 of 2001. But here's one thing I would tell you. You don't have to be a mathematician or a statistician 
to know that nothing is 100%. And thus far, all the news we've gotten has been bad. So therefore, there's got to be some good news coming. And as that, that good news, if it's big enough, it could change the whole course. And maybe it's the shelter in place type of concept, safer at home. Maybe that changes the course. But there's going to be some break. We're going to catch a break because you can't just get hit with all bad news. There's got to be some positive. And that's the part that nobody knows. And hence the idea that it's a fluid situation. So what you think today might be a little bit different than, you know, uh, uh, a week from now. All right, Peter, let's use that as a good place to end uh, on, a, on a positive note. Um, how do people get a hold of you to send you hate mail? Um, what's the best way to do that? Listen, if you want to get a hold of me, um, I would say send me an email at peter at condovultures.com, or you can call my office 305-865-5859. And, uh, yep, yeah, those are two best ways, and uh, don't and, worry, I can take it. And tell me uh, – What's the name of your podcast uh, yeah, so oh, people can search for it? Very interesting. And I want to thank you for that. You were basically the inspiration behind it, uh, that and having nothing to do in the month of April because of COVID-19. Uh, effectively, to get uh, get a hold of my podcast, where you want to go is um, I'm using Anchor because I'm a little bit uh, cheap, so I'm not paying anything for it. So if you go to anchor.fm, like FM radio, anchor.fm forward slash condo vultures, there you'll find condo vultures uh, strategies for the Miami real estate market. I'm doing um, uh, podcasts are about an hour long. I tend to talk a little, uh, a lot, not any video. So you don't have to worry because uh, I have a face for radio and some of my guests do as well. And uh, we're really getting the nuts and bolts about the, um, the condo market, the local economy, but it, it's all with sort of a skeptical eye because too much of the information uh, out there is a little bit too rah, 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 convention of visitor bureau. So we're trying to give the opposite side for those people who don't necessarily, uh, those people want to get, you know, different, different, um, uh, different sides of the story. Perfect. Thank you, Peter. I appreciate you always uh, helping us out, giving us information. Um, I'm sure we'll talk again soon. And remember, I'm not pessimistic. I'm optimistic. It's just from a buy side perspective. Uh, understood. They, uh, I'm sure they'll put that in the in the subject line when they send you the hate mail. <laughs> and Take I it easy, up. Peter. Stay Bye. safe. All right, Peter. You, you as well. Bye.